0: Are you deprived, perhaps discombobulated, maybe even distracted? You want more from life, from relationships, from God. Whether you're in a season searching for purpose or perhaps know your purpose, but feeling lackluster or lost in the execution of it, this podcast was created for you. In fact, this isn't just a podcast, it's a movement. And we're on a mission to find the lost, welcome them in and launch them into their greatest destiny, fully found in him And founded on the rock. This is a table for a multitude of marketplace ministers to come together for fresh revelation, resources, and revival. Get ready to catch the fire and live fully free, fully found. This is the Founder Collective.
1: Welcome back, everyone. This is the Founder Collective podcast. We're so excited for you to take a seat at the table today. Uh, You got me and Jay. Tamara's feeling a bit under the weather. And you know, anytime the two of us get in a room without some adult supervision, we're probably (laughs) going to say something stupid. But uh, we have somebody else in the room today. Dane, it's going to be your job to keep us uh, on point. Uh, but I'm excited, excited for everybody that's here today to introduce you to Dane Camella. If you don't know that name, then you weren't with us last year at Grow for God. We all got an intimate connection with him and got to hear a little bit of his story. And from there on, uh, I know uh, just post-conference, Dane, you and I got to spend a little bit of time yeah. and, and Jay and to hear a little bit of your story. And it's changed drastically from then till now. So we'll share about that and how the The woman in your life is now uh, taking a more uh, substantial role. So that's always fun and excited, but I want to introduce you, Dane Camilla, who is doing some amazing things from an influencer standpoint, and he is going to be a vital part of the FounderCon this year as we really morph into from Grow for God to FounderCon, really gaining traction on what God's called us to do, and that is bringing uh, blending business and faith, tearing down the walls and the silos that exist so that God can begin to impact all areas of our life. And Dane is going to do an amazing job this year with our virtual experience, on top of those who are coming for the in-person experience. So, Dane, first and foremost, I want you to introduce yourself, and um, just kind of share anything that in the current place or, or how you got here, all the things. So,
2: yeah, definitely. Well, thank you first off for having me uh, on the show. It's it's definitely an honor and a privilege to have been able to you know get connected to this community. I've met literally all you guys, you know, last year when I was just really diving into, you know, sharing my faith on social media and people calling me an influencer, even though that's not necessarily how I, you know, think about it. And God's just opened up some amazing opportunities. So yeah, just quick for anyone who doesn't know me, uh, my name's Dane Kamel. I'm 31 years old. I live out in Scottsdale, Arizona. Three years ago, I started just, God put it on my heart, especially when, you know, our world was in a definitely a different place. People were locked up working from home. And he just put it on my heart to start you know, sharing my faith. And I think sometimes when that happens or when God calls us to something new, we question it because we've never done it. We ask ourselves, well, who am I to, to do something like that? I know I asked myself when I started, I was like, I'm not a pastor. I'm not the most biblically sound person, but it's interesting the ways in which God can still use us to share our faith and whether that's a simple message. And for me, it was a simple message because I asked God, I'm like, well, if you want me to start sharing my faith, what could I share that at least I feel comfortable sharing and also maybe a little bit confident so that could come across in maybe the videos I make? And the answer was prayer. So I really just started picking up the phone once a day, just on TikTok and just saying a short prayer for someone. And it kind of unfolded from there till, you know, we still do that today. Um, It's kind of like a daily prayer, social media, you know, platform where we're just Really sharing faith, hope, and encouragement for those who are maybe looking for that or who are maybe struggling in, in in their walk with the Lord, so it's been an absolute just like privilege to be able to do this and I think um, God is really moving in the space of social media, and I've been able to connect with so many people who actually started building their platforms around feeling called, you know, from God to start sharing their faith. So I think, you know, in the next three to five years, we're going to see a um, a really big move of God um, continue in this space where people, whether they don't feel called to, let's say, be a pastor, you know, have their faith be more than maybe just, you know, a Bible verse in their social media handle, but feel called to do a little bit more. And I feel like that's you know where I'm at now. It's kind of enfolding into that being in a place to kind of like lead others to you know start that for themselves. Like what what is God calling you to do? Is it to start a Bible study? Is it to start this? It doesn't have to be about oh I need a hundred thousand followers. It's just hey can you share a message that God's put on your heart and can it reach one? Because that's how I thought about it in the beginning and it reached a couple people and that was super encouraging to me. So yeah, still doing that today and super excited to be plugged in going to you know FounderCon this year. Last year, it was amazing just being able to be in a conference where faith was the most important thing, even though business was talked about. I'd never experienced something like that. And just a lot of great things, you know, in my life came from that too.
1: Yeah. And I'll, I'll let Jay talk about this, but, you know, one of the things you said was you didn't feel like you were ready as God kind of challenged you. So in my home, it's kind of the same way for my wife. She wasn't born and raised in church. What mm-hmm. you find out about me and Jay is we're preacher's kids. And for us, we had to forget more than we had to learn in some of those areas. If you almost think about from the disciple perspective, Jesus went and got 12 normal dudes working in the fishing and tax collecting. He didn't go get people from, um, you know, the tabernacle. Jay and I kind of come from church homes. So for me, I felt like I had to forget a lot. I think those of you that he's calling that feels like they don't know enough, Man, you are blank slates and God is writing things on your heart and doing things that some of us won't do or couldn't do because we're so bought into our old methods. Jay, I want you talk kind of about that? I think
3: that one of the biggest things that I had to relearn that Jesus was an American. Mm. You know what I mean? That um my relationship with Jesus should be more than my relationship with my blackness. Right, and mm-hmm. I think that people are uncomfortable in saying things like that because like we'll stand up for certain things it won't stand up for the other, but I think that when we say like we're gonna stand up for Jesus, then that puts us in a category of its own that's more than being black, it's more than being American, it's more than being a male, right, and so I think that that's what I had to come to the realization of it that it didn't have a gender or a color, right. Mm-hmm. That it had a spiritual sense. Am I connected to the Father? And once I realized, like man, I need to connect with him, then it it stopped me from connecting to westernized Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Actually, just yeah, a really big thing for me.
1: I just preached on this on a Sunday. So it's weird how God always connects some things, but I, I've been talking about altered living and how when we really seek after God, He'll shift how we live life. And I've connected it to moments in the old testament. Um, you know, the first was when Abraham made the altar that he almost sacrificed Isaac on. And at that moment, he said, the Lord, the Lord will provide. So he became Jehovah Jireh. Well, in uh, the story of Exodus, we find Moses after he won the battle where he had to lift the staff and uh, the battle was won. At the end of that, he said, write a book. He write this in a book and tell Joshua. Um that I won this battle that not not you not your staff and in that moment it says Moses built an altar and he said on this I recognize God as the Lord as my banner or Jehovah Nissi and I think it goes right in line with what you're saying Jay we, when we meet Jesus, we follow a lot of banners, even those that were in church. I followed a church banner, and I know you did, too, and we followed a lot of things. There were banners in our life that we chased after, pursued that we thought were good. I fought for 21 years in the Navy. I say fought. I didn't picked up a gun and fought with anybody, but I served in the military for 21 years under a banner. But. I Had to be undone in all those areas. There's been areas along the way, the color of my skin, the nationality I am, the denomination I've been in, that I had to lay some of those banners down to pursue Jesus. Like, that's yeah. the banner that we're called to follow. And you
3: get convoluted, local. doesn't it? Like, oh my goodness, no look problem. at the influencer like, space. stuff. And you're like, whoa, wait, wait, I was just trying to love Jesus. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, you got a name tag on that, you know, like, I've been to churches where i've heard the name of the church more than i've heard the name of jesus and I'm, mm-hmm. that concerns me that yeah. really concerns me of like i've been to the church i'm a first-time visitor and i have not heard jesus's name said not one bit like but i've heard the church's name and i'm like so are, am i worshiping propaganda or am I worshiping Jesus? Oh. And I think that that was a thing that COVID helped us do. Like, I know that it was really uncomfortable for a lot of people, but like, I don't think that I would be married if COVID didn't hit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it made us come into ourselves and say like, oh man, we got all these kids. We got to be in this house. We got to get along. We got to work on some things with each other. like, it, And then now I don't have this, these people to run to because we can't run anywhere. We have to be home and we have to deal with our stuff, right? And I think people are uncomfortable dealing with their stuff. They're uncomfortable with conversations that don't go the exact way that they want them to go. And I think that COVID during that season, like I see that you said it it awakened you like to do something, right? And and now you're doing it all the time. But I think that that's happened for all of us. And I think it's just, You know, that's what I love about, you know, what we do. We get to have these conversations with people that don't look like us, don't maybe not go to the same church. You know, we don't, we're not all saying the same church's name, but we are Mm -hmm. talking about Jesus. You know what I mean? And which he should be the name that everybody uh, speaks more of. So, yeah.
1: You know, Dane, from you, I want to hear this because, this happens in we see this from the founders of people we connect with. There's a lot of people that want to be Christian business owners. And they like you said, they put the scripture on the wall. They all the things. But it doesn't look like Jesus at all. It looks like, like Jay said, their church or what they've been told. Um, It it can be very accusational, all the things. And I see this in the influencer a lot. A lot of people want to be a Christian influencer. But many of those, if you didn't tell me you were a Christian influencer, I wouldn't see Jesus in you. And I've arrived Mm -hmm. at a place that if you have to tell me who you are, you're probably not that. And I think that's why in with you, as God kind of walked this off, As he called you in, you began to walk with him and Christian influencer is who you are. It's not what you profess. So Mm. in a space of influencers, I want to kind of hear your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, it's super interesting, especially in the space of like Christian influencers, because I believe like in the creator economy of bloggers, or, you know, fashion, fitness, the Christian influencer has become actually the newest one. And I think COVID really created that because people couldn't necessarily go to church. So they started, you know, sharing their faith on social media. And even for me, when I started, it was, I was sharing my faith under my name on TikTok because I didn't know what it was going to be. But then I kind of sat there and thought, well, what is this about? That's, what, what can I make this about that just really like points to him and not me, Mm -hmm. even though God obviously needs to use us as vessels to, you know, share his name. I wanted to create something that kind of, uh, stood for, you know, what I was doing. So I changed my name on all the platforms. I think TikTok, I couldn't change my name, but it was like, it was lit with prayer. So I wanted to like exemplify if someone's coming to my page, it's for this reason, it's for prayer, it's for faith, it's for hope and it's for encouragement. I don't want to be like i you're coming for me, and this is what I and this is what I believe it was like, no, I want to I want to do this one thing for you, which is like which is pray for you and even from like the business landscape too, like I never thought it was going to turn into any type of business for myself. For for me, it was more, I just want to share my faith. Like I'm enjoying this and, you know, God's opening up great doors of opportunity to reach people. And that was a huge revelation for myself too. Just like what we were talking about before. It's like in revelation, it says we're overcome by the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony. And everyone's testimony looks a little bit different. And then being able to see all of these people who are sharing their faith, who look completely different. It's like. Yeah, because God uses each and every one of us to reach people. I didn't think he was going to be able to help me reach people, get back into church or get saved even through a message of prayer. So when I thought about that more, it's like, you need to keep the main thing, the main thing. And if something else comes that gives you an opportunity to to do something like monetize it, then you can think about that. But can I keep this at the center of everything I do? And I think for me too, it was when people were reaching out and said, Hey, how can I support you? And then I was like, oh, I don't know. And then I decided to like write a devotional. So it was still in line with what I was doing because I said, hey, if I'm gonna create anything and provide it to my audience in exchange for money, let me do something that helps them still continue to grow in their faith. So that's kind of why I decided to create things like we have a small store. I still even th- I d- I still don't even think of it as like a business, but I know in order for God to continue to keep using me and put me in a position, I need to have some resources to do that. So I started writing books and, you know, having devotionals or even creating like jewelry that is centered around Bible verses or scriptures to keep people understanding that yeah, you're supporting me, but this thing that you're buying or, you know, supporting me with is also like helping you remember, like, keep the main thing, the main thing, whether it's a Bible verse, whether it's a prayer or anything like that. So I always like, remember that I've really not, you know, moved out of, Oh, now that I have all these people, let's start talking about this, or let's start talking about that. Cause I'll constantly ask God, like, is this what you want me to do? And he's like, yes, just keep doing what I've called you to do. It's not about this. It's not about that. You stay in this lane and, He keeps bringing, you know, more people for us to reach. And that's, that's really what it's about. But I definitely see that being difficult because a lot of Christian influencers left um, doing it because a lot of them were young. And it kind of brings me back to what I heard you say, which was super powerful was um, God has to establish your character before he establishes your platform. And Mm -hmm. with the rise of TikTok, there were 16, 17, 18 year olds starting to share their faith who got hundreds of thousands of followers and then kind of after covid and the pandemic they all left they stopped doing it and i just wonder it's like were they doing it just because it was attention at the time and they had the time to do it or was it really about you know sharing their faith and pointing back to jesus so i thought that was really interesting and you've seen the ones who've stayed a lot of us were a little bit older and had walked with the lord a little bit longer but it's been interesting to see that cuz i think fame or followers can kind of corrupt you too. to be like, okay, let me idolize. Now I'm an idol in someone else's eyes. And you have to be, your faith is so important during those times to be like, well, what is this truly about? And that's what I've, had to constantly come back to because there's still ups and downs too with dealing with so many people reaching out to you. You know, you want to pour into everyone, but you have to be filled first before you oh, keep yeah. doing that. You know,
3: pouring out emptiness is a real thing. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. you can only pour out what you're filled with. Like I think about, um, you know, Saul, right? Like he was totally different. You like you change Solomon, like all these all these kings, uh, they change like David, right? Like, and then Bathsheba, he falls to Bathsheba. So like you change, I think we change over time, and we get really really comfortable with just people looking at us, and we forget, like you said, to make the main thing the main thing, and like yeah, like okay, like I I, I'm partnering with the Lord, but without him, I wouldn't be able to do this. Like he could do it no matter what, but without him right? In him, I live, I move, and I have my being. And I think that that's one of the things that um, really stopped me from walking away from church, period. Knowing that in him, I live, move, and I have my being. If I'm going to partner with him and listen to him, I'm going to have to keep going the path that he's saying to go. Because if not, I'll veer off and I'll be somewhere else. Like, you know what I mean? So it's, uh, it's, it's dope to see, like, the longevity, like I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. And, and and it's dope to see that things grow, right? Like when you first yeah. you' well, I'm going to give somebody something and you start the devotionals, you start the jewelry, you start these things. And, and I think anytime we're making pointing the way to Jesus, like he finds that very admirable, you know? So. Mm. You know, yeah. You know. I,
2: th- I, I think um one of the biggest lessons I had to learn in this, this journey was when, You know, God was really revealing to me, I want you to step away from what, because I had a career at the same time in tech that he was blessing and I was doing this at the same time. But then I got to that fork in the road where I was spending so much time sharing my faith. And he was asking me like, well, you can make a decision. You can step away. You just got to trust me. And in like that first year of stepping away from that career and that security was really hard because. I wasn't necessarily seeing the fruit in the, in the forms of the income. So that old mindset I have about like security and money that my job was providing, I didn't see that. And I was like, it's like, I was like, I was running and chasing and trying to like, how's this going to work? And like, God just really revealed to me, is like, you need to stop like chasing stuff. You need to stop like trying to get somewhere. It's like, just walk with me, walk this out with me. You, you need to surrender the control that you always had kind of in your job, give that control to me and let, and cause like he needed me to develop more of my trust in him when I was stepping into this, this, you know, realm that was a lot different to me. And what was funny is like, towards the end of that year is when like more of that fruit came in the form of finances to help support what I was doing in my business ministry. And, but I wasn't focused on it towards the end because I I got to that point in my character to be like, all right, you got this. This is what you want me to do. Let me stop focusing on it. The moment I really stopped focusing on it, that fruit came and I was like, okay, that's what you wanted me to learn. That's what was next in this season for me to keep going. And it was super powerful. And I think that's like, it's difficult for a lot of Christian content creators because I think, you know, Christian content creators struggle with the, how do I provide, how do I do this? And I think a big part of it is like, you, learning how to let him lead you and not try to run at a pace that he's not asking you to go at, you know, holding
3: on to it loosely sounds like, yeah. well, Hold on, <laughs> right? like it's like, you know what, just never mind. Uh, yeah. How is it like, you know what I mean? Like, cause our culture as a a young man in this culture, right? Like, it's 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 taught to us, driven since we were kids, right? I mean, like the first thing I can remember was like my dad being like, "Dry it up!" Like, you know, what I mean? we were whining over something, like you bo- boys don't cry, don't cry. You know what I mean? Like, put could, put your be- put your shorts on, put your pants on, put your shorts on, and let's go, let's hit it, right? Put some dirt on so, it. Um, in that like going through as a creator and you're in the tech world where you could be really, really successful, like you said, and then walk away. Like it was taught to us to do something totally different, like drive this way. This is what success is. And I know that what I, what I value as success and what the Lord sees as success is two totally different things. A lot of times, uh, how do you how do you reconcile those differences where your culture, where culture, but also what the Lord is saying? Like, how do you reconcile those differences inside?
2: Yeah, I think it's, it is difficult because you're always, you'll always have the world pull at you for opportunities. And that's something I had to, I had to learn too, because when you're growing and you're a creator, like so many opportunities are coming at you. And I've always been someone to be like, yeah, I got to say yes to this. I got to say yes to that. But God like was helping me understand. It's like, okay, you could say yes to something, but if I'm not there with you or you don't feel me in this, you have to say no. So being able to discern quickly between something feeling right or wrong was super helpful in my career. Even like when opportunities would come before I even pursued them, it was like, I don't feel your spirit in this at all. It's a no. So it's like, If you're not in this thing, or I don't feel like you're leading me in any way, shape or form or anything towards that, I have to say no to it. And that has to be giving up, you know, money or opportunities. You know, you get brand deals and stuff like that in the social media world, but I never felt called to like pursue any of these things. I'm like, does this align with what you're asking me to do? And it was always no. So I think being able to kind of delineate the difference between the two is like, you have to always like have him so close meaning like before I do anything on social media it's my time to pray it's my time to do bible study so I can understand where you're leading me because it's interesting as like believers it's like if you're looking to hear a word from the lord or you're looking for him to guide you it's like well are you spending time with him to like like in prayer in bible study and those things always that Like once I kind of made sure that always came before anything I did with content, you know, even like early into sharing my faith, it helped me stay grounded towards like, okay, I'm going to keep going this way. This opportunity doesn't seem right. And just hearing from him to be like, nope, you don't need that. You don't need this. So I think it's, it's, it's interesting to think about, but I think it all comes down to like your personal relationship and the moment you start stepping away from those things is when the worldly things come and you start dragging towards those things right so for me it was just always i need to be i need to be in my prayer closet i need to be reading my bible i need to be connected and close to you feeding my spirit first so i can be prepared to deal with all these things that the world is going to tell me to do that are completely different than maybe what God is asking me to do. Cause the majority of things or opportunities that come up weren't something he wanted me to do. So I had to be willing to say no to those things. And that came from just being like, feed my spirit first, feed my spirit first. If that makes any sense.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like having your yes aligned with his yes is so huge. I think this mm-hmm. is where a lot of people struggle. Uh, think about going back to the the fire and the, and the cloud leading them in the wilderness why did they stay for forty years in the wilderness? Because the cloud and the fire directed them in the wilderness. God didn't want them to stay in the wilderness, but their broken,
3: they had Facebook. That's why.
1: <laughs> but their brokenness is what caused that that fire and that smoke to, or the fire and the cloud to keep them in the wilderness. If they would have changed their mindsets, if they would have followed, like they could have been in the in the promised land a lot earlier. How many times do we get stuck in a wilderness in our life, and God's still leading us? But because of our inability to follow his yes, our ability to trust him in some areas, do we just get circling this mountain over and over? He's still with us. And he's like, man, I wish you'd climb. I wish you'd go this direction. But until you say yes to me, this is just an area you're just going to be stuck in. I see this so many times. And like you were talking about from the influencers, there's so many people who get this big following. And then now the people who are following them or following Christ through them, Now they begin to follow their followers. They begin to Mm. do what makes them feel good. They begin to do what makes them comfortable. They begin to listen to the noise, and their yeses are now tied to the people they're supposed to be leading. How Mm. many does that have? I see this in pastors all the time. I can see things begin to shift and change. And then I even begin to look at, you know, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. If you think about money, money is currency. He wasn't talking about a dollar bill. What was the currency at that time? It could have been a shell. It could have been something that society made valuable. They put a value to. Like, I'm a shoe guy. Jay's a shoe guy. I don't know if, Damian, I don't know if you're a shoe guy. But like shoes nowadays, you can buy shoes. You can buy a pair of Jordans right now. And then the next day they sell out. And now what is the currency? Not the money you bought the shoe with, because the shoe takes a whole nother level of value. And how many people begin to follow the love of the shoe or the love that whatever it may be in our life, the resources, the supplies that God promises, we can even begin to love those things over the one who provides them to us. That love of money is real. And it's the enemy is so deceptive with this. Well, I don't love money. I want money so I can do things with it. And then we begin to love what we want to do with it or what we think our yes is we could be doing good things. And God's like, I don't need you to have money to go do that because I don't want you to do that. Dane, I'll get you. And people come to you, you're praying online and this could be huge. We could get you in a bigger space and there'd be money. People need it. And slowly a good yes veers off the path that God has for you. And I think you said something powerful when you stay connected to him, You'll know the yes and you'll know the no, and you won't Mm -hmm. be led by even the promise of abundance or resource because you know that's in the space. If God's called you to a place, He will resource it, He will make sure you have, and it requires a crazy level of trust. Go ahead. I I think you're about to talk, but
2: I was gonna say too, like sometimes God needs you to say like, because He sometimes needs you to step like towards an opportunity to know it's not the right opportunity. You know what I mean? Cause like, yes, I've said no to so many things, but sometimes I wasn't sure. So I would be like, okay, let me start walking this out. And if it feels right, then I'll know. Or if it feels wrong, it's okay to say no. And I think so many people are like kind of scared to like say something was a failure. And it's like, it's not a failure. It was just, you needed to see if it was something that aligned with what you do. And even to your point on the shoe, what I think a lot of Christian content creators struggle with, because I struggled with this in the beginning, especially when you go from no one seeing your stuff to more and more and more and more and more people seeing your stuff is yeah. learning, like learning how to deal or um, continue to like rebuke that love of recognition because you go through these ups and downs of people praising your content or like you get tons of followers or reach. And then that reach starts to you know go down or your yeah. videos aren't doing as well and that is like something i had to deal with in the first year where it's like well why aren't my videos performing as well anymore or why aren't i gaining any followers and like that is something i think that every christian who is going to have longevity in the space of creating content for the world to see is going to have to learn how to deal with which is like it's not just about like getting views and getting followers it's about what god has asked you to do and are you continuing to focus on getting better at that not getting better at just Saying, like, how many people saw my video or how many followers? Like, yes, analytics, you want to reach people, but learning how to, like, just like rebuke that love of recognition or the, like, why isn't this working well? And actually look at your look internally and say, okay, like, let me keep developing the gift or what God's asked me to do. That was so important for me. Cause even today, now it's like, I don't care at all about the numbers, like, cause it's all been a gift from him anyways in the first place. So if he wants yeah. it to grow faster or longer, it will. But just focus on what he's asked you to actually do and how you feel about that. Not getting turned back to what we we're talking about, the world, what the world wants you to focus on, right? The enemy wants you to focus on, look at your numbers. You're not growing, you're not reaching. How do you monetize this? How do you squeeze everything out of the people who are coming to you, turning you into idling yourself versus seeking him and saying, Okay, thank you for letting me actually have the opportunity to do this. How can I keep doing this to better serve you? Like, I think that's huge for any creator who's going to do this for a long time. Insecurity can become a leash really
1: quickly. I -hmm. mean, even Moses, we talk about all the things he did and he followed God and led all these people. But what was the one thing that prevented him from walking into the promised land? his own insecurities, because God gave him the staff and this became almost an idol to him. This is what God's using. It's not me. I'm still broken, messed up. I don't believe in myself. But as long as I got this staff, I've touched the river and it turned to blood. I've tapped the rock and water came out of it. And now God puts him in a moment of, I want to stretch you beyond your insecurity. Moses, I want you to speak to the rock. I know the first moment I met you, you said you weren't equipped to speak. You said you're a stammering of lips. You can't do this. So now in a moment where you've trusted me in areas that have done crazy things, I need you to overcome your biggest insecurity. Moses, speak to the rock. And Moses says, nope, I don't trust myself. I'll mess this up. I'll tap it again. And God brings water. But that's the moment that Moses' insecurity and tied to his own brokenness prevented him from walking into a place. And we are not any different. There's so many people that when they get those followers, those followers overcome their insecurities, but it doesn't get rid of them. And the moment mm-hmm. that begins to fade, the moment begins to drift, now their insecurities drive them to do something to gain response, to gain whatever it is, because we don't want healing from our insecurities. We just want to overwhelm them and overcome them, With and that can be a broken place where we begin to do it under our own abilities instead of trusting God to heal that, which takes time. No wound heals instantly. It takes time. It takes getting in the right place. Um, so uncovering it in the right place, not the wrong place, all those things. And that's where I think a lot of us struggle. I've had my own insecurities, man. I, I've struggled from ministry, uh, and it could become—Jay and I can both attest to this—brokenness from past relationships or past ministries we've served in, past things in our life, all the things. We all develop wounds, and if we or don't— my own, out, Or my own character. Or your own character, bro. It's, we are our own worst enemy, the person we look at in the mirror every day is our biggest source of insecurity because we know where we've been. We know what we've done. And when we're called into a place that doesn't match up with that because of God, what God sees in us, we constantly remind ourselves you'll never be good enough to do this. It's the Peter complex. Peter constantly got in his own way because of where he come from instead of where God was calling him to.
2: Yeah, another uh thing that I think is a struggle for anyone in any sphere of influence is when I began, I had so many people reaching out to me, prayer requests, like, people dealing with a lot of difficult things. And I was like, I'm going to get back to everyone. I'm going to respond to everyone. Like if I get a message from someone that means a lot, the DM, like I'll pray for you. And like, I was praying for people doing my best. And it just gets to a point where you try to take on so much. And sometimes when you hear these stories, you burden yourself with them. And that was like, so difficult for me to do until God was like, I've never asked you to do this. I never asked you to do this. What did I ask you to do? I asked you to share your faith. I didn't ask you to get back and respond and be the person who is touching and getting. And this is something you created. And I was Dane, like, hold that Wait. thought, real quick. <laughs> this is out to all
1: you pastors out there that everybody you get called to is not who you're called to. Everybody's going to try to tell you you got to do all these things. Jay, 100%, right, bro?
3: 100%. Oh, so my I'm gosh. You're your tail morning. all
1: over the place. Oh,
3: Yo, you are preaching, Dane. You are. <laughs> Reach in. Yes, Lord. It says, "Uh, uh Isak said this today. She said, if you're a fixer, your biggest test will be surrendering the people you love to Jesus and stop being their savior. Mm, yeah. So when you we was talking, I was thinking about the scripture that says, thou shall not have any other God before me. And a lot of times we move our circumstances or other people people's circumstances in the position of our God because we start worshiping it, worshiping that, and idolizing it, trying to fix everybody else's stuff. Like you said, like mm-hmm. you created it, so you created your own God, right? The, I think that would just be like the children of Israel when they were in you know the wilderness and they started creating these idols, right? Mm-hmm. These graven images they started creating that because they needed something else to focus on instead of focusing on the Lord. And that was one of their downfalls. And I think that it's ours. I think that's Westernized churches. I think that's one of the downfalls where um, there's more, there's more uh, smoke and mirrors inside of our services than, you know, a Jamaican concert.
1: (laughs) What if no one called you? Does it change the fact that God called you?
3: No. that's where
1: a lot of people struggle like i gotta keep this up i gotta answer everybody because if i don't they'll stop calling Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day if god tells you don't do it he's the one calling you that's the voice you listen to keep going man this is so good i just had to put that out there because i think this is an area that pastors struggle in and you said i'm not a pastor bro you're speaking truth to pastors from an influencer (laughs) perspective
2: yeah and like when he shared that with me It was so freeing for my own self because I think the other thing with social media is people think, well, yeah, um, this is a part of what I got to do to keep growing. But it's like, well, how did you get here in the first place? Like God has been blessing what you've been doing. So you think you need to then go manufacture it in another way for the blessing to keep coming. If he's called you to do it, if it's for his will for your life, it will be done. and then. Like just seeing it from that lens, like, can I still get back to people, but it's just on, I get back when I can get back to them. Right. I don't, I don't hold an expectation on myself that God never put an expectation on. Cause the expectation was, I want you to share your faith. Okay. I'll do that. That's the expectation. That's the only thing that I'm required to do as a content creator is just share my faith, create a message, put it out there for people to resonate with. And that's it. That's the only thing. And he's never actually asked me to do more than that. I'm the one who creates all the other scenarios of, well, then I got to go do this. I got to do this. I got to collab with all these people. It's like, no, you don't. I've never asked you to do that. So continue back to what we were saying. Like, keep that main thing, the main thing. When I call you to do something else, like you'll know, you'll feel it. Keep me close. Keep spending time with me and the message is reaching people. That's great. So but again, it's like, we always set new, I think as like, and business owners, content creators, people in you know ministry running churches, it's like, you're always reaching for that next thing. You're always like, how do we get to the next thing? How do we reach more people? How do we make more money? How do we, you know, and that's like that worldly side that we always have to deal with, which I think is, is a, a, a challenge for us all in some sense, as we're growing too. That's where the genuine and the counterfeit
1: come into play. Mm. There was a lot of people, COVID influencers, pastors that were able to begin to build their own platform based on a need, not because they were called. And that's where you've seen a lot of these Christian influencers when it got tough, when it got, or they swayed and started following the followers in that moment, you begin to see the counterfeit from the real. Mm. There were some who completely changed their model to, to chase after success they begin to, well, I'm not going to talk about God anymore. And it's like, whoa, 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 God's what got you here. These <laughs> people that you were speaking your faith to, that you were connecting with, now you're going to neglect that. And it causes people, am I going to continue to follow them or am I not? And I saw a lot of people go with them. And then they began to connect in areas that were not really ordained by God. They begin to build their own platform, invite the wrong voices into that space, begin to manipulate They're followers now. Are you more committed Mm -hmm. to me than really what they're asking is God? And Jay, we've seen this in church. And we just talked about this at the founders table um, right before this. We're talking about the difference between commitment and covenant. Mm -hmm. And I think so many times that word covenant in church can be used to manipulate people in Christian circles, influence. It can be used to manipulate you because we talk about our covenant. And if you're covenant, you need to follow me. Bible only says there's two covenants we're supposed to have a covenant to God and a covenant to our spouse. I'm not supposed to have a covenant to some Christian influencer. I can be committed to a Christian influencer based on their covenant with God, because if I have the same covenant they do, then I can be committed to where they're going. But the moment I see them drifting, I'm not committed. I'm not going to follow a commitment over my covenant. Mm. And it happens in church, too. I'm committed to the same God or covenant to the same God that that pastor is. The moment I see his direction change, I'm not going to let my commitment to you take me away from my covenant
3: with God. Like, Follow me as I follow Christ. That's right. I'm a road sign. I'm doing, I'm doing that crazy stuff. Bro, don't follow me. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> <It's true. laughs> like, no, no, no. I'm not going where he going. I mean, like, but that's the thing, right? Like, uh, I think that's, I think that's the issue, what we're talking about. Is like when we create our own worlds and we're doing more than what the Lord has asked us to do, we are creating a scenario where somebody is looking to us instead of looking to the heels from which cometh their help. Yeah. Right. And then, and in the same sense, again, I'm making another God before him. Right. And so I think that that's, that's where we have to the way that we have to walk is the understanding of like, Lord, everything that you've given me has been given by you, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to lend that back to you, right? And then that's how I walk out the things that he asked me to do when he's doing that. And every time somebody tries to put me on the platform or the pedestal or on the stage, I'm like, I have to constantly saying like, listen, you have the same ability that I have. You just have to reconnect back to the father, right? Mm Uh, I'm a charger block, but I'm not the electricity. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you I'll gotta- put an
1: exclamation point on this. Be careful that opportunity doesn't become your God. Yeah. Because I think we've all been there. I know I've chased some things in my life, opportunities, and looking back, like, man, that was yeah. not the direction I was supposed to be going.
3: And also, walking away from something is sometimes the best choices that you could ever have. Like Lord, like you know. And I mean, I've literally people have been like, oh my gosh, like you know, they hear me lead worship and stuff like that, and they're like, man, like that was so great. Why aren't you on this yet or doing this yet? And I have literally one time sat back and think thought about it, and I said that like it was because of my character. Like my mm-hmm. character couldn't withstand what was coming next after that. Yeah, you know what I mean.
1: It's like a pair of J's, bro. Like that moment
3: you, I hear you sing,
1: you're a pair of Jordans to me. Like I may have paid this much for it, but it's this valuable. Yeah. So what about when God says, okay, this is what somebody says. You could get 500 for this pair of J's, but I want you to give this to this person. Yeah. Uh, but this is where that, that whole trusting him, trusting that space. I know this is an area that I have struggled in a lot um, opportunities. And we talk about that and, Opening up for you. Same way. Now, Dane, I want to, I want to connect with you're in the next uh, area of your life. Now um, you, last year when we met you, Kira was your girlfriend uh, through this last year. You've now popped the question, invited her into your life. So how does this change? Jay and I can definitely say that ours has changed through marriage because now 18 it's 18 years, baby. Yeah, man. Wow. Um, so for you, Now transitioning because it will be a transition, but not to shift that calling. How are you and Kira doing this thing together now?
2: Yeah, so I still think it's like I'm still kind of like learning what that is going to look like and things like that. Good, keep learning. (laughs) Yeah, right. I think the most important thing to me is like she's such a solid foundation and support system in my life for what I do. Even from you know the moment I met her, because the moment I met her, I was sharing my faith. And yeah. she was so receptive to that and someone who had a heart posture to not only like love and support me, but say like, I love what you're doing. And if I can help you or I can be with you. So that's been such a big, strong foundation in our life. And the thing that you might not know is, uh, I must, I don't know if I did tell Tamara this, but at that conference, when I was there, I w- I think we all still have those things when we're, you know, dating is like, is this the right one? Or, you know, um, what about this? What about that? At that conference, like God spoke to me and that was actually the, like, I made the decision there that I was going to marry her because I what? still wasn't sure at that time. And I think, you know, as we talk about the conference too, what's so powerful and what I got to experience there is like, when you go to a conference, when God is at the center, you can sit there. I had no expectations going in, but you can sit there and he can speak to you. Even if what the content of what is being talked about has nothing to do with what he's speaking to you on, because that is what happened there. Like, I don't even remember who was speaking or what exactly the context of it was, but he just directly like hit me in the chest and he was like, you're going to marry Kara. And I was like, okay. And all those like doubts or things like that, I thought um, that you sometimes are trying to figure out along the way completely just got wrecked and destroyed and I didn't have any doubt. And then I was like, when? And he's like, your her birthday, which was, you know, May 5th, which is what just happened. So like that decision came to fruition from actually being at the conference. And he spoke something else to me too. He's like, Dan, it's not about trying to like get this like perfectly crafted person. It's it's getting the person that I've appointed to you, for you, which is with you right now. And like that happened at the conference. And I thought that was so powerful. And I didn't even expect that. I didn't expect that. I had like zero expectations because I had just met Tamara before coming. And like, there was so many powerful like points of, you know, him being able to speak into my life about that decision, which, you know, came to fruition. Just, I never had another doubt about it because there was a good amount of time before it actually happened from that, but it was never again, a doubt in my mind or not even a doubt, but like, is this the right thing to do? It never came up ever again. And I think that's so powerful when God clearly speaks to you or pushes you in a direction. Sometimes you can like doubt it or is like, is this the right thing? No, no, no. Give me another sign. I need another sign to make sure that's (laughs) actually what you want. But like, it was so clear and I was like, okay, it's done. It's done. That's how I like do things. Like when I feel right about something, I'm just going to, you know, go in that direction. So yeah, what's next is just, you know, kind of setting that date. I obviously want to do the um like the counseling thing before getting married. I think that's like super important to do too. Um and then yeah, like just kind of take those next steps. So I'm super excited about it and I feel like it just still happened yesterday and I couldn't be more, you know, proud of her and everything she's accomplished, but being able to kind of do and integrate her more into what I do in any way that looks like it. And just it's yeah, it's exciting. But it's still
3: so it still feels still so new. It's so what line. you're saying is that if you come to FounderCon, God will tell you <laughs> who you're gonna
1: marry. <laughs> we actually had two, we had one person propose last year on stage. We had actually two proposals, one immediately after uh, with Jesse and Davina. And then we had a third birth Uh, proposal. I I think it speaks to the value of alignment. Mm -hmm. He wants to speak and align you in any space. If you're in a space where he's at, where you're at in your life, he wants to align that. So You may be going for a whole other thing but he's got your attention, and through something else, he aligns another piece for you. His desire is that your whole life is aligned towards him, so it is that direction and alignment. And um, you know, just because you're in this place now, we uh, Morgan and I are doing some premarital counseling on a young couple here in the church, and we've been walking through a book called "Tying the Knot." And I would highly recommend it. It's been an amazing book. I can't remember the, the author right now, um, but it is all about connecting your story to Jesus, like really wow. putting him at the center before you ever say, I do. One of the first things that has you do in the book is tell your your fiance your salvation story. Like, mm. man, I've never heard that being a part of like leading up to marriage, but I saw a powerful moment between this couple as we began to share that and really connect it has a whole chapter on putting jesus at the center of your conflict resolution like just some things that you know you're going to encounter coming back to this so highly recommend that book
3: we're not talking about putting up crosses and throwing holy water on people when you get that <laughs> does it work just let you know yeah i don't know if i tried it or not but it doesn't work with my wife just let you know yeah
1: no 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 no, no it, it was really good though um Good book, um, Dane. We'll finish up. We're we're well into our time, but I, I want to give you one opportunity. You know, as we prepare for FounderCon for the virtual experience, what can people expect uh, if they're not able to make the actual conferences? Are going to be some things that we think are going to be on top of that would make it worth their while to at least join virtually?
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think what's really amazing is that you guys are making the virtual experience uh, a bigger part of this year. I think. Last year it was great to be there in person, but I know that's not always, you know, realistic for people based on their, you know, situation and circumstances. So this year it's gonna be the virtual experience is gonna be like an experience of its own. Um, that is a on top of like the obviously people who are there in person. So, you know, myself and Josiah, who I'm sure you guys will have a conversation with too. uh, He's another Christian content creator. Someone I had the opportunity to meet through this whole journey are going to be kind of hosting the virtual side. So if you guys are interested in coming to the virtual, we'd highly recommend coming. I just think even from a virtual standpoint, being in a room with hundreds or thousands of others who are all just sold out for their faith, talking about how to use their faith, whether that's in business, ministry, nonprofit work, he moves, he is moving. And, you know, it's, it's, we're going to be doing lots of cool things. Just, uh, we've been doing even a series up to this, just where we're going live, doing things like this on Zooms to kind of talk about, you know, how do you keep your faith in branding? How do you keep your faith in leadership? How do you keep your faith in your business and how do you keep it at the, you know, the forefront of it? So I think it's going to be an amazing time and it's going to feel like you are there because we're going to be hosting. I don't think we had a, a host necessarily last year for the virtual host. So we'll be super interactive. You can ask questions. We're going to be feeding and filtering questions. And then you'll also still get everything that's going In the speakers, because we'll transition over to the speakers, we'll come back to the virtual, we'll also have the virtual experience be able to do like breakouts and, you know, exercises that are being done in the in person experience. So if you're someone who loves Jesus and also, you know, passionate about starting something, whether you are a founder, or whether you have an idea for a ministry, I mean, Josiah and myself. We both started three years ago. God can move in, you know, major ways in a very short period of time. Three years is not a long time as you get older. So um, we're just excited to be able to either help people uh, build upon what they've already created in the area of ministry, nonprofit, work, or business. And hopefully, which I believe God is going to move in a big way, help plant some ministries, help plant some businesses, some nonprofits uh, for more, just people who love the Lord. We need more of that in the marketplace than ever today, especially with everything going on. So I think that's what um, people can expect uh, if they're able to come and attend.
1: Yeah. You know, the power of what we believe God is doing is exactly what he did in the first church. Go look at Acts uh 2, 42, 46, somewhere in that range. The power of the church was connection, and that's what we want this conference to be about. It's not just a bunch of people sitting in the, in the seats, and you have all these big-name speakers that come in and then leave on a jet immediately after. The power has always been connection where people who speak on that stage, you can connect with. And we want people who are there virtually to feel like they're connected to something, not just watching on a screen and they got kids running around, they're folding laundry, whatever it is in their life. That's a, that reason they couldn't go. We want them to feel like they're connected to the heart of that, but more importantly, connected to the other people who are watching virtually, connected to somebody who's there and can feel the vibe and the connection and can speak that you know, the moment I love the breakout rooms because it's something we're going to do there to make them feel like they are getting the value for what they get, but more importantly, the piece of connection. So, it is what the Founder Collective is all about. Is we believe we are just a group of people operating, walking out our own faith but we're connected to a group of people right there along with us. And we're a village. We're a group of people. This podcast is for you. If this is your first time. We have been blessed that you joined us. Dane, bro, I'm so excited for this relationship to continue. This is only the beginning. Love to see what God's doing in you and through you because it is just a complete testament to your connection to him. Uh, any last second words? Jay, Dane, what y'all
2: got? I would just say the other thing Um you can go to a conference and get you know a big speaker and get pumped up and feel good um but the spirit isn't there at all come on and i think you know from getting to experience founder con last year the spirit was so strong there and when the spirit's there he he's going to speak to you in your life he th- there's so many situations for myself and i think that's what i want more than anything going to a conference whether that's in person or virtual it's like is the spirit actually there moving and speaking into people's lives. And that's, I think that was so powerful for me to experience. And I know that's what this year is going to be about too.
3: Jay, let's go. You know, I'm ready. That's a mic drop. I don't <laughs> have to say nothing. That's, that's
1: it. <laughs> now it's just up to us to steward that. That's the call. Mm-hmm. So we're excited. November 10th and 11th, check it out. If you don't have your tickets yet, get there. Raleigh, North Carolina, we want you in the building because it's not about the platform. It's about the hallway conversations, the table conversations over dinner, the connections that you'll make to people who are in the same place you are. If you can't make it, please, please, please sign up for the virtual ticket. You can watch this from your home. You'll get an intimate connection with Dane along the way and how he can lead you in this this moment and connect you with those events that are going on there. We're so excited for what God's going to do through this as we continue to pursue his yes So join us again on the next episode of Founder Collective Podcast, where we never know who we're going to have, but I can always assure you we're going to have a good time. But more importantly, we're just going to continue to say yes to God and what he wants to do and undo in the world around us. Have a blessed day. God bless you all.
0: All right, quick interruption, but actually it's not really an interruption. It's an invitation. It's an invitation for you to come deeper not just be a podcast listener that we really never get to interact with but be a part of the family be a part of the foundation of what the founder collective is heart premised on and that's ephesians two nineteen, that we are found in him that we are a family and operating as one on the foundation of christ with him as our chief ceo our chief cornerstone and what does that look like? How can you come in further? Well, we have a weekly Founder Collective call. That's a Zoom call. We'd love for you to be a part of it. It's open conversation, similar to how we have this podcast talking about business practices and truth principles and how we're actually living a life on purpose and in the presence of God consistently. Additionally, we're inviting you to our annual conference. This is be our third annual conference. You can go to foundercon.com. Again, that's thefoundercon.com. And you'll get to hear people like Jay worship and teach and share from his testimony. Anthony, Pastor Anthony, the bearded wonder, (laughs) he's going to come to you with his fiery flaming shoes and his voice and the belly, the fire that's within his belly comes out in such a dynamic way when it's on stage. Myself, my team, and all the incredible people who are part of this family, it's not just us. And we want you to be in on the us because we want to make way for your message, for your movement to be known and to be equipped and to also be resourced. We love sharing resources, which is what we do in that weekly call. So you're invited. You're invited. Come one, come all to all the things. If you need more information, I'm sure wherever you're listening to this or seeing this, you can get it in the link. So look, go a little deeper, go a little further into what God is calling you into. This is a summoning. This is a call. This is a roundup for you to also be fully founded in Him as a founder in the Founder Collective. This is the Founder Collective.